Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. So tonight's our last lesson of the Breaking Intimidation series, and it's been a good one. Amen. And again, this series is based on a, a book written by a Christian author, John Bevere. Praise God. And so we're going to be, uh, our final um, segment is Breaking Intimidation Part 4. And, um, you know, um, Nehemiah, we read about him in the Old Testament. There is a book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah... Uh, takes place, uh, in Nehemiah and Ezra, we read about them, they take place uh, after the Babylonian captivity. So remember that, that Babylon came and it was all prophetic. God had all, uh, you know, had told them because of their disobedience that uh, he was going to allow the king to take them and it was going to, you know, uh, be... Uh, kind of a punishment to help them to see uh, the error of their ways so that they, when the time came, they could come back and they could get things back in order. And so they were in uh, captivity for decades, 70 years total, amen, in Babylon. And then Babylon was conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And um, so it was during the time of the Medes and the Persians when uh, God started orchestrating and allowing them to go back. And during this 70 years, of course, there was a big void in Judah, because in Judah was Jerusalem, and the the Babylon had knocked down, the Babylonians had knocked down the wall of the city, tore the city down, tore the temple down, and uh, took everything, took all the the people, and and a lot of people lost their lives. And so, um, you know, because there was a a kind of a, a vacuum there, all these people moved in. And just kind of took over, you know, just the people of the land. Amen. But you got to remember that this was God's promised land to his people. And even though they weren't there for 70 years, it still belonged to them. Amen. But these people kind of moved in and took over and thought, okay, this is ours now. So Nehemiah, uh, he was uh, the cupbearer to to the king, to uh, the... um, Artaxerxes, uh, the Mede and Persian king. And the king saw his countenance because Nehemiah had got a report just that morning about the homeland and how it had been overrun and it was still in just such bad repair and it really bothered him. And the king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? And And God gave Nehemiah favor with the king. And this is a heathen king. But see, God, when it's time for God word to come to pass. It doesn't matter who's in charge or what's going on. It's going to happen. Amen. And so he said, what's going on? He said, well, I can't be, I can't be happy when, when I know what's happening with Jerusalem and, and my, you know, the city and, and the nation of my people. And so the king said, well, ask what you want and I'll see what I can do. And he said, well, I'd like to go back and I'd like to rebuild the wall and I'd like to start building the city back and and I'd like to, you know, you to give me some uh, authority and approval to do that and even allow me to get some building supplies. And so he said, you, it's done. 
and he allowed it to happen. And Nehemiah had letters and authority and the seal of the king, and, and he, he got uh, promises from the king that from the king's forest they could have timber to build the walls, and, and from the from this this supply and this situation, and all along the way, these papers were to show uh, to everybody that hey, the king has allowed this mission to take place to rebuild the city. Amen. Uh, and and the and the walls of the city uh, for the most part, because until you can get the walls back up, you really can't start building the inside of the city. So. They, they came, Nehemiah went and talked talk, talk to a bunch of the uh, people uh, of Israel that were captive in uh, the Medes and Persians, and they all headed over there to scope it all out and to start the construction. And uh, the first couple days he was there on site, he saw the devastation, and he started talking to some people, and he said, this is what we're going to do. Well, the, some of the leaders of the people that had moved in during that 70 years, they weren't having any of that. They were not happy. They saw that the king, uh, you know, approved it, but uh, they didn't care. And it was a long way away from where the throne was. And so they started discouraging Nehemiah. Amen. They started trying to intimidate him from uh, doing what God put in his heart to do. Amen. And what they did was, uh, Nehemiah 2 verse 19 said, they laughed at us and they despised us. So first they tried to just laugh at them, you know, and despise them and make fun of them and, and just kind of like, you know, start off with that type of intimidation. And then after a while, when, when that didn't work, they tried to make them look bad in the eyes of others. Amen. So when, when someone one-on-one's intimidation doesn't work, they try to get other people to join the intimidation. So you get a bunch of people against you, uh, all, all intimidate you the same way. Sometimes that can have an effect. And so the way, the way they, had to, they had got trying to get them bad in their eyes is Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3. They were telling, and they just said this publicly because, you know, they gathered the crowds and all this kind of stuff. And they said, whatever they build, you know, these, these enemies of Nehemiah, they said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down the stone wall. You know, that's how a joke of a wall they're going to build. A little fox is going to go on top and it's going to go boo all over. So, you know, so they were just totally trying to intimidate them because people will try to intimidate us, you know, in our lives by laughing at us or making light of what we're trying to accomplish for God because God has given us a mission. God has given us, amen, a commission. God has put in our heart with the gifts he's given us, amen, to go and to do what he wants us to do, to reach people and other people will try to intimidate. Then they'll try to, they'll do this to our face and other times they'll try to get other people to join their intimidation and these things can really come up on us sometimes. And then there are times that we ourselves wrestle with our own heart and mind as we ask ourselves, what will people think when I launch out into this expedition that God wants me? Will they laugh at me? Will I fail? Amen. Because some people won't even start because they think they'll fail. But you know what? You, you got to start. You got to try. Amen. You might fail, but if you don't try, you won't even know if you'll fail. And you might not fail. Amen. God will help you and you'll win. You'll have the victory. 
Praise God. Don't let intimidation stop you from trying. So at times like this, it's important to remember that the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 1.27, God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Amen. And some, of the, some people that think that they're the mighty, uh, they try to use intimidation, amen, to, uh, to overpower and overwhelm what they call the weak, amen. But God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And His grace is always sufficient for His people. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And what some people consider insignificant, God uses to perform the impossible. Then He and He alone will get all the glory and get all the honor and all the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't have to be extraordinary to be used by God. You, God will just use ordinary people that put themselves in God's hands and have faith in God and be obedient. Amen. God uses ordinary people extraordinarily. Praise God. And before Nehemiah ever went to talk to the king, he fasted and prayed. Amen. And let me tell you something, folks. Amen. When you think you don't have enough faith, when you think, uh, you know, you're not sure about, when you maybe don't have the courage you want to have and you're facing intimidation, there's nothing like fasting and prayer to increase your faith and give you courage, amen, and help you, uh, praise God, to have boldness uh, to face that intimidation and resist that intimidation. Amen. amen. That's why we need to fast and pray. And when they laughed at him and they despised him, the, the very next verse, this is how he responded to them. Nehemiah 2.20, So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or a memorial in Jerusalem. Amen. So he just told them right to their face. He said, we are the chosen people. We are the God, God's people. We are the people of Jehovah. Amen. You have no right. You have no memorial. You have no heritage in this land. So we're going to build it. It's our promised land. Amen. Praise God. And so the enemy can't take the promise for God's people. Amen. And when Pharaoh tried and, and, and his men tried to ride through, amen, when the Red Sea was parted, I'm sorry, but that was a miracle for God's people. I'm sorry, but that was God's plan and God's purpose for God's people and God's people's future. Amen. It wasn't theirs. Amen. So the devil tried to go in and he got smashed. Praise God. Amen. So when the enemy saw that mocking and public humiliation did not work, then they resorted to anger and threatening. Amen. And that'll bring intimidation. When someone's angry and you're just like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, all right, I'll walk over here. You don't want me to walk right there. You know, a lot of people, I, I'm, you know, sometimes I'll just, you, you want, you know, you think you own that square of the sidewalks? Fine with me. I'll go around. You know, it doesn't matter. But anger and threats. 
because they were going to stop the building of this wall because they knew what this wall meant. If it got done, that means a lot more people were going to come from uh, the Medes and Persians and the, Israel would be repopulated and then they would have to leave, praise God. But they were going to stop the building of this wall by force if necessary. But the Bible said uh, when Nehemiah knew that, when the threatenings and the anger they, they had round-the-clock watches. They had people with trumpets, amen, that would sound the alarm as they were building the wall because they built into the night. They built in the day. They were building, amen. And the Bible said in Nehemiah 4.17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and the other hand they held a weapon. Amen. So they had a trowel in one hand and they had a, they had a sword in the other because they were ready to go. Praise God. Amen. So you see, we can fight and we can build at the same time. Amen. We can do the will of God and we can fight the good fight of faith at the same time. Praise God. Amen. We don't have to put down one to do another. Amen. We, we don't have to only build or only fight. We can do it at the same time because our God can help us. And then verse 18, every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And one, the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Amen. So they had it all planned. So if somebody heard the trumpet, then a bunch of people would run toward the sound of the trumpet and, and fight whoever's going to be over there. And if they heard a trumpet on the other side, they'd run over there and then they'd fight what's going on over there. Because they were kind of spread thin. But they did it in Jesus' name, in God's name. They did it in the name of the Lord. They did it for the cause. Praise God. And that's why, folks, we got to stay strong and we got to stay focused. Amen. Because the journey is coming to the end. We're seeing the end times. We're seeing, amen, more than we've ever seen. And we've got to not be intimidated out of our promise and out of our future. Praise God. And when anger and threats did not work, the enemy tried to distract and sidetrack Nehemiah to hinder the progress of the wall. They tried to summon him over to this, uh, you know, county seat or, or, you know, this kind of this town over here so that they could have some kind of meeting. But what they really were planning on was to cause him harm, to kidnap him or to hurt him. And so he said, I'm not leaving the work because he knew that he was an integral part of the leadership, supervising the, the building. Amen. And he couldn't just be going off to do things. Amen. And see the enemy of our soul, he's very persistent. And they, these guys, they did it four or five times. They said, come on, come meet with us. Meet with us. Let's talk it all over. Let's have some arbitration. Amen. And the enemy of our soul is persistent and he will over and over again try to sidetrack us and get us all uh, off and distracted for what God wants us to do. Amen. He'll sidetrack us and distract us with other, with other issues in our lives that we focus on. Amen. And so we get away from the plan of God in our lives because he will do anything to keep us from doing the will of God. And the will of God is paramount in our life. The will of God is number one. And that's why the Bible said in 1 Peter 5, 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. Talking about the devil. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Amen. That same chapter said, uh, the devil, like a roaring lion, he roars. Amen. Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
a roaring lion coming up on you, that's kind of intimidating. You know, like, ah! Amen. But if you look real close at this lion, he has a roar. Don't, don't ever say that Satan doesn't have a roar. Amen. It's a, it's a scary roar. But if you look close, you don't have no teeth. Because Jesus plucked out those teeth at Calvary when he died and rose again. And so the devil, amen, doesn't have the power he used to have before Calvary. Amen. And that's why we have Jesus inside of us. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we can resist him. Before we came to God, before we were born again, we couldn't resist him. But we can now. Amen. So he said, resist him steadfast in the faith. The word steadfast means be strong, firm, and immovable. So then the enemy, when all these things stopped, uh, started, uh, you know, didn't work, you'd say, well, you're going to give, you know, give up and just let Nehemiah build the wall. No. And the devil doesn't ever give up. Amen. But you see, we got to keep pressing on. We got to keep moving forward. We got to keep resisting. And so they started telling lies about Nehemiah to incriminate him and get him in trouble with the king. Amen. They started uh, putting letters out and saying, Nehemiah said he's going to build this wall in the city and he's going to proclaim himself king of Judah. And, and so that when, that, when the, king, the real king of all the land, uh, Artaxerxes would hear that, he would say, wait a minute, you know, trying to get him in trouble. But see, uh, Nehemiah uh, didn't go for that. Amen. He knew it was a lie. And he told the people, keep going. We're going to keep building. We cannot allow lies to intimidate us into holding back what God, amen, wants us to do. Praise God. And then Nehemiah's enemies, they sunk to one of the deepest lows. Amen. They did uh, like uh, Balak did back in, old, back in the book of Numbers when he hired Balaam to curse God's people. Amen. Balaam the prophet. And these guys, they hired a prophet, amen, to falsely prophesy and tell Nehemiah, Nehemiah, you need to seek refuge inside the temple. And because your enemy is coming to kill you, you need to do it. You get in there. That's the only way you'll be saved because they won't go in the temple to get you. You got to go in there. But Nehemiah realized, because see, he had fasted and he had prayed. He had God's mind. He knew that that wasn't the right thing to do. See, Nehemiah wasn't a priest and only the priests are allowed inside the temple. And so they knew that if he, they could scare him into the temple, that he would commit sin and they could put that against him. Look, he sinned. You shouldn't be on charge of the wall. Stop the, pro, uh, the production and, and, and the construction of the wall because he's no good. He sinned. He went in the temple and he wasn't supposed to. But he realized God had not sent this prophet and amen. And he was a hired by his enemies. Praise God. And he refused to go in the temple. Praise God. And Nehemiah 6.13 said, he had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me because the enemy will try to intimidate us into sinning against God. And then will turn around and accuse us before God to condemn us. That's the trick. But you don't have to do that. Amen. We are, we are covered in his blood. We are in his name. We are walking in his word. We're filled with his spirit. We don't have to allow intimidation to get a hold of us. Amen. So Nehemiah summed up exactly what the enemy's plan was 
in Nehemiah 6, 9, he said, for they all were trying to make us afraid. And that's what intimidation boils down to, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Amen. When, it, when, we, when we feel like intimidation is coming on, let's pray. God, give us strength. God, give us boldness. God, help us resist. Because the purpose of intimidation is to weaken us so that we cannot accomplish the will of God no longer. And then we cannot even resist the intimidator any longer. Amen. But you know what? If we run, if we run once because of intimidation, it'll be much easier to run the second time and the third time because of intimidation. At some point, we just need to stand and resist and say, no more am I going to be intimidated to not do what God wants me to do. Amen. We need to stand against it and to press on. Praise God. If, if I just give you two words to take home with you tonight, amen, uh, it is press on. Praise God from this lesson. See, Jesus said offenses will come. Amen. He said, you know what? There's never going to get to the place where you're going to be walking and living your life and no one's ever, there's never going to be an offender out there that, that's going to go around and try to offend you. Amen. Offenses and offenders will always be with us, he said. And like offenses, intimidators and intimidation will always be with us. Amen. And so we got to understand, amen, I, it's going to be there and I'm just going to press on, press toward, push through and get around it and get over it and get through it in Jesus' name. Amen. We have to resist intimidation and overcome it. Philippians 3.12 said, I press on that I may lay hold of that which for Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Amen. I got a hold of something and I got to press on. Nothing or nobody is going to knock me off of this. I got to press on. It's important that we have a strong and close relationship with Jesus because this will help us control the atmosphere of our surroundings. Amen. Because if I have a strong walk with God, I know who I am with God. Amen. And I've got a prayer life and I know the word. Amen. It doesn't matter when I get around some people, praise God. I'm not going to let them have the upper hand. They're not going to set the tone. They're not going to set the mood. Amen. I've got light with me. I've got Jesus in my corner, praise God. And so I don't have to be intimidated. I can change the atmosphere. I can change the surroundings praise God amen light will always overpower darkness and the brighter the light the more the darkness is removed or disturbed amen and I believe part of our calling as Christians is to disturb the darkness Amen. To put light in the darkness, to shine the light. Amen. Not to condemn people, but to show them the truth, to show them the light, to show them a better way to come out of that darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. That's the beautiful thing that God has for everybody. Allow the powerful light of God to break through the darkness so people can see what God has for them and not be walking around blinded in spiritual darkness. Daniel 11.32 talks about the end times that we're living in right now. Amen. And this statement, he said, the people that do know their God shall be strong 
and do exploits. The people in these last days that have a walk with God and know God, amen, are not going to be intimidated into a, a corner and just, uh, just be bullied by the enemy. Amen. They're going to be strong. They're going to do exploits and they're going to push the enemy back. Because 2 Corinthians 2.11, we are not ignorant of his devices. Who's his? Amen. That's the devil. We're not ignorant of his devices. Another word for devices is schemes. We're not ignorant of his schemes. And wait, he tries to intimidate. They tried to intimidate Nehemiah five different ways, but every time he thwarted it through God's help. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So I press on and I press toward. Amen. So see, there's a high calling of God we must press toward. We're striving for the high calling because some people are, are accepting a low calling. Some people are accepting kind of a mediocre calling. Amen. But God has a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And to pursue that, we can't allow intimidation. Amen. To help uh, to uh, cause us to settle for a lower calling and a lower, uh, you know, expectation and results in our lives. The word press means to strive and to pursue. Amen. I got I to gotta press toward. I got to strive for the mark. I got to pursue the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Because when you press toward the high calling of God, you will be met with resistance. You will be met with intimidation. Amen. But the high calling of God, amen, that's the greatest calling in the world. We need to strive for it no matter what. It's worth every long mile. It's worth every heartache and every trial. Like that song we sang on Sunday, every test, every tribulation, it's going to be worth it all. Praise God. Amen. So God, help us to be strong for you in all that we do. Amen. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. That's what he's telling us today. Praise God. God told Joshua when he first took over from Moses, you talk about big shoes to fill. Moses, you know, was 80 years old when he was at the burning bush. Some people were in their rocking chair at 80 years old. He, he, was, he was leading the people out to, after 10 plagues through the Red Sea in the wilderness, and 40 more years. He, he died at 120, Moses did. But he died before they crossed the promised land, into the promised land. So Joshua took over after the death of Moses. And the first chapter of, jo of Joshua, God is encouraging. Amen. He's trying to let him know, hey, you're going to be intimidated. Just like those, those 10 spies were intimidated by the giants and the walled cities and the, and the iron chariots of the promised land when they, when they looked at it years ago. Amen. But he said, I want to encourage you. Don't fear, but be of good courage. Amen. He told him several times, be strong and of good courage. You see, courage is facing and dealing with difficult, dangerous, or painful situations instead of withdrawing for them. Amen. God help us to face instead of withdraw. Praise God. Psalms 27, 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, 
on the Lord. Psalm 31, 24, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. See, the opposite of courage is to be discouraged. And discouragement is detrimental to us achieving the high calling of God in our lives. We cannot coexist with discouragement. We must not allow it to linger, take root, move in, and take one of the bedrooms in our life, so to speak. Amen. We need to defeat discouragement like another enemy, praise God, that comes our way because it hinders our walk with God like other things. Let's not allow discouragement to pull us back. Amen. Let's be encouraged and have courage to go forward. Press on. Press toward. Go that way for God. Take your discouragement to God in prayer and allow Him to take it from you and give you His peace in exchange that passes all understanding. And that, under, that peace will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Peter tells it this way, casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. And discouragement is one of our cares. And prayer is where we cast it on. We take the heavy burden off our shoulders and put them on God's. And the New Living Translation says this in this verse, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. And the English Standard Version says this, Casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Amen. So let's do our best Amen. To stand and to put on the whole armor of God so that we can be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I can't stand in my own might. Amen. But I am in His might. Praise God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's strive to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ daily fighting the good fight of faith. And that's, let's not allow our past failures to hold us back. Because the devil loves to remind us of our past. Even past the past that's been put under the blood. You see, God hasn't remembered that. He, I'll remember your sins no more. He said, I'll put your iniquities as far as the east is from the west. Amen. And uh, uh, the book of Micah talks about a sea of forgetfulness. Amen. Where he casts all of our transgressions. Amen. That's God. But the devil remembers it all. And he try, He knows we remember it too. Amen. And so he tries to dig up our past. But like, like, like the old saying goes, when the devil tries to discourage you and intimidate you by bringing up your past, you just remind him of his future. Hey, buddy, let me read some of the book of Revelation. Let me see. Oh, you get cast to the lake of fire, which burns. Amen. Man, and you'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. How do you like that? That's your future. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. So don't allow our, your past failures to hold you back. Don't judge your future by where you've been because God can change it all. And finally, I close with this. Jude 1.24 Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling keep you from being intimidated and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.